Welcome to Trinspo. Today we have Jess Andrus with us. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with traveling. Well, I am 27 years old, live in Wisconsin. Um, I'm a mom and a wife, all that good stuff. And I love to travel. I guess my dad really liked to travel and my mom. I think we as a family always kind of made sure we went on vacations. Typically, those were camping trips for the most part. We did a lot of road tripping as well. We had an awesome van with like, it was like a Dodge Ram. I don't know the year, but it was um, that had the back bench that folded down into a full-size bed. And Mm. it had like the two captain's chairs that swiveled all the way around. We always removed one of the captain's chairs and put a chamber, like a travel chamber pot in the <laughs> in the place of that so that we could just go to the bathroom and dump it out the window and we wouldn't have to stop because we were hardcore and um which is <laughs> was that effective <laughs> I mean probably not you still need to stop for gas because I mean a Dodge Ram I'm sure didn't get good gas mileage yeah well and I just imagine even just like throwing stuff out the window no you you definitely had to make sure like all the windows were shut, you know, <laughs> like the back slide window sometimes got forgotten. But for the most part, <laughs> it was a time saver. Uh, I think that my parents and I understand this now as a mom, like you don't want to go get gas because the lights and like just stopping the, the motion of the vehicle and the bright light really does wake the kids up. So if that you can sense. just have a gas can in your back of your car and you can just quick go out and put, put some more in there. <laughs> Make sure you're full before 9 p.m. and at least get six hours of sleep in the car. So that's how my family traveled. (laughs) Wow, that is intense. So were you guys going really far distance that you were just like, we're not stopping? Or was it more that the children always wanted to stop and the parents didn't? We mostly traveled to Arizona from Wisconsin because we had family there. We would go every year. And then we also have family in Colorado, so sometimes we would trek that way, but that's only a 16 hour trip. So it's not too bad. So that was probably most of my childhood. It was economical. And then honestly, like the travel bug kind of hit when I was 14 because I met you and we we caught the travel bug at the same time. I can solidly (laughs) say that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Spain in 2006 was, was quite a trip. It was a time to be alive. Oh, it was definitely. I mean, I had never been to the ocean before. Um, That was my first time swimming in an ocean. It was my first time sneaking into a club. That was my first time. Really, I mean, a lot of firsts. First time, like, trying to pretend I understood Catalan. (laughs) I don't know. Just really crazy trip. And it was awesome. Uh, I got to, like, spend it with you. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, we were both young, learning about the world and having no idea because it was also my first trip abroad other than like crossing the border into Canada or Mexico. So my first trip overseas and it was just so different than anything I had seen before. Oh, I just saw my first naked man in Barcelona riding a bicycle. (laughs) And I just thought, where am I? What is this place? Oh, so much nudity in Barcelona. Yeah, that is a great first. That was amazing. I came back from that trip and was just like, okay, when can I go again? 
And I guess it wasn't really in the cards for me until college because I worked at Dairy Queen. So <laughs> I didn't really get paid a ton. I did eat a lot of ice cream, though. That was a great job. But yeah, when I was in college, I, I really knew I wanted to study abroad. That was my best chance. I mean, I knew I had access to some financial aid and I had saved up a lot. So I decided I was going to go back to Spain. And so that was that was when I, I guess it kind of kicked off a little bit more. And then when I returned from that trip, I got married pretty quickly after that. And I don't know, life just happened and I didn't travel again until recently. My dad passed away unexpectedly. And so when that happened, I recommitted myself. I was like, oh, life is too short. Like you never know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. You just got to do what you want to do. Life is just precious and it's a gift. And like, I want to go places and I want to like do things and I want to contribute to society. And I want to like understand people and like understand myself and like explore. And I just got, ah, just got the itch and so we did go to London and then uh, the next year Italy and we're making plans next year we're undecided but Vietnam had been in the number one spot for a while but now Scotland is they're very different places but Scotland's eking its way up there because Vietnam is super hot and I just don't tolerate the weather super great (laughs) maybe it depends on the season in which you're trying to go we have to go in summer okay so we're stuck my husband is, um, we'll have a two-year-old and a baby with us on the next trip. And so he's leaning against Vietnam as well, just for traffic <laughs> with two children. <laughs> yeah. So I understand that. <laughs> I mean, it's really impressive in general. I think that's awesome that you plan on just taking your kids and traveling. Because like you said, I think it's easy to find reasons not to travel or not to go do some of those things you want to experience in your lifetime. And at the end of the day, you just need to find reasons to go instead of reasons not to. Absolutely. So that's awesome that you guys are going to just pick them up and go travel the world with them. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, or uh, you know. Um, And I mean, it's like 99% white, Christian, non-denominational, evangelical, you know, just really... It's great. The people here are amazing and kind and wonderful, but like, I really want my children to grow up with perspective and culture and exposure. And I think this would be a really great way is like every summer my husband has off because he's a teacher. When I came to my revelation that I wanted to change my life and travel more and like seize the day, carpe diem, this thing, Mm -hmm. I quit my job in an office and I like, I just got a remote job so that I could do it from wherever. So in the summer, the goal is to make sure we're spending like a solid month or two or three somewhere else and the kids can like, well, and us obviously grow and just learn and absorb and discover and explore. It'll be a really, hopefully, um, a really good way to go about travel in the future for us. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I think that sounds incredible. That's a great plan. And it's great that you have the time since your husband is going to have a summer break every year and you change to be remote working a lot of people also don't have that opportunity. So to take that and go somewhere every summer, that would be really amazing. Yeah. Because you also will have time to like spend in a place too and live in a place and know what it's like to be with those people and have your day to day in a place and not just see it for a few days and then leave, which unfortunately is a lot of times the way that we have to see places if we don't have that much time to go traveling. Yeah. 
Definitely. And uh, it's it's so hard if you're trying to squeeze something into a week. It's not enough time to really like just stop and like feel the place, smell the smell, just be there and exist there. Because the whole time you're trying to get from this landmark to this landmark, a lot of the time during that week could be easily be travel as well, like taxi from this to that to the bus to the whatever. So I definitely think two weeks at least. Ugh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think two weeks is at least is a good good time. Definitely. So do you have a travel story to tell us today? Well, yes. When you said travel story, this one came to mind because it's literally about traveling. First of all, I'm just going to mention that I have a pretty miserable memory. I don't really claim that the following account is like 100% accurate in every minute detail, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, so my first time traveling internationally alone, which also is kind of the reason that no matter how long my trip is anymore, I only pack in a backpack 40 liters maximum, period. That's it. Like, I don't I don't pack any other way anymore. And this is kind of why. <laughs> Basically, the moral of this story is just like, don't bring musical instruments with you <laughs> when you're traveling. <laughs> so where were you going? Somewhere before my sophomore year in college, I decided I would reintroduce myself to the guitar because I wanted to be that annoying person sitting cross-legged on campus mall, like playing my angsty originals for the world, you know? That's a great vision, I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what I thought at the time. But that fall, my sophomore year, I was going to study abroad in Spain. So fall was getting closer and I was like, you know, I'm just getting really invested in the guitar and Spain is like, right, they, they like guitar. It's like Spanish guitar. That's a thing. Yeah. I need to bring my guitar. <laughs> so how often were you playing on the lawn at this point? Was it like a daily occurrence? I mean, it was summer, so it was less populated. So honestly, it's there aren't really bragging rights. So I packed for Spain, uh, like when, like the biggest suitcase you can find, like a huge suitcase, still a 50 pound maximum weight limit, I think though. The suitcase and then, yeah, the guitar. So you put the guitar in the suitcase? Nope, nope, nope. Just like two items because Lufthansa at the time, the airline let you have two bags. Okay. So one bag is your bag and one is a guitar? Yep. Or a bag with the guitar in it? Just a, like a case with the guitar. Oh, Wow. And you can check that and it doesn't hurt the guitar? Um, I mean, the case got pretty beat up. (laughs) The case got pretty abused, but um, it survived fine. And I did not have a strap on it, which major regret. I I don't know why I didn't have a strap on that guitar case. So my roommate who I knew, or I met recently, we decided we would room together once we were in Spain. We decided to travel there together. So we did book flights together. Nice. We're super stoked. Like on the way, we just flew direct. It was easy peasy. We get to the airport, check all the luggage. No problem. It's going smooth. Going smooth. Land in Madrid. It's fine. Cars are really tiny there. Mm-hmm. We get there and we have, she has two giant suitcases. I have my huge one. And then I have a giant guitar that for some reason I decided to bring. And um, of course the guitar doesn't fit in the trunk, which I immediately, I also called it trunco because I couldn't remember the word for trunk <laughs> in Spanish. <laughs> How did the Spanish driver feel about that? Oh, um, he just called me Trunco the whole ride. It was really bad. Um, anyway, 
it's two hour drive from the airport. Where did you live in Spain? We were in Valladolid. Okay. So it's a couple hours away. And I, I had the guitar between my legs, my lap the whole time. It was very comfortable two hours. Oh, because it didn't fit in the trunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did not fit in the trunk. Oh, no. To this day, I couldn't even tell you what the word in Spanish is for trunk. I, I don't know what it don't is. I don't know, and I should, but... <laughs> I just say trunco. People get the idea. <laughs> but yeah, we get to the apartment. It's super tiny. We are, in fact, sharing a room, which we thought might be the case. Uh, but we're, we're actually, we're also sharing a bed, which we didn't know was the case. But, you know, she's nice and it's fine. And You have to share a bed? Yep. <laughs> Is it a big bed? Is it a twin size bed? I think it's like a full size. But she was tiny. She's like 5'3", five, 5'2". Five, sorry if you're 5'2 and you're listening. You're not tiny. You're just shorter than me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm 5'8". So. so the entire semester you had to share a bed? Yeah. <laughs> is this like a homestay through your program? It is a homestay. I forgot to mention. <laughs> and they don't guarantee you like your own bed? Because that seems like it's against the rules. I don't know. I'm not sure what the rules are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess there don't have to be rules. But I would think they would try to guarantee you a bed. The I don't thing know. is, I think that I'm pretty sure to qualify, you must have to have at least one room per student in your apartment or your home. Mm-hmm. Because she did have two spare rooms. But the other room was where she hung the laundry to dry. And she didn't want any of us staying in there. Either of us staying in there. So we had to share. What? Was there a bed in that room? There was like a futon. What? And you could have had your own room? This sounds like a scam. She did like laundry in there. I don't know. (laughs) And not to get too sidetracked, but I feel like this is a reoccurring theme because when I lived in (laughs) Spain, my host mom was also totally playing the system. I definitely didn't have to share a bed with my roommate, which is good, but we were told that we would each get our own room also, and then we had to share a very small room, which did have two beds, thankfully, but could not fit much more than that. It was like a very tiny little lamp on a table, and that was it. Did you have a dresser? No. I think there was a closet, though. I just feel like it was kind of more like a boarding house than a homestay where there was always all these like French kids coming through temporarily and staying in one of the rooms. And like she had three or four rooms and they were always rented out to different people. So it was kind of cool because we got to meet people from different countries, but it was also not really a home it was just one older lady and you didn't really get to know the family. And and I also would say that whatever stipend she got for food, she definitely did not spend. Same. Maybe we had the same person. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Okay. On the count of three, say the name of your host mom. On three? Yes. Okay. One, one two, two, three. Alicia. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the chances were pretty slim considering we lived in different cities, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't necessarily live there at the same time. Well, maybe she moved. Yeah. I don't know. This this is an interesting investigation into host families (laughs) in Spain. It is. Well, I guess the only thought I wanted to finish was that I just, there wasn't anywhere to put the guitar. It was so small. Yeah, I was going to ask, where did it go in the room since there was literally not even a place for you to sleep? So like, you know, that little space between the wall and your side of the bed where (laughs) you, you know, can go and like turn on the lamp and there was a little lamp stand or whatever. So I just, it was just flat on the floor right there. So that's where it was. And I just put it there and that's kind of where it stayed for a while. But that next day, like, 
just immediately getting into the routine of, of life there was amazing. Like I loved everything about it. The schedule was awesome. School was nine to two every morning. I woke up at seven thirty. I made myself espresso on the stove and had a piece of fruit and walked 45 minutes to school. That first day of class, I noticed there was not a campus mall, mm. nor was there really a campus. <laughs> so you were scoping locations to play your guitar. Oh, yeah. Oh, there were there was nothing. Oh, no. Like, it was kind of just a big building with lots of floors. It was a really tall, one really tall building. So there wasn't mm. a lot of opportunity there. But yeah, even like walking home and like getting tapas. And one thing I really loved about the bars there, and I don't know if it's similar where you were staying, but like you could just throw all your trash on the floor. Like if you were eat- using a napkin and you were done, you just tossed it on the floor. No big deal. Because when siesta comes, like they just sweep it all out and they sweep the whole thing. And like you go to a bar and the whole thing's littered. The place is just, you can't even see the floor, but I don't know. I just thought that was fun, like such a weird thing. That is very different uh, in different parts of Spain. So I lived in Valencia and that's not, that does not happen in Valencia. (laughs) And actually Valencians like joke about other parts of the country is Valladolid. Is that in Andalusia? No, it's actually uh, farther north, but I did spend a ton of time in Manzanares, which is like really in Andalusia. So okay. probably. Yeah, because like I think when you think of Andalusia and you think of the tapas restaurants, like you do think of like you throw all that stuff on the floor and then they just sweep it all mm. up. But it's like you can't even walk sometimes because there's just stuff everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of nasty, but awesome. Yeah, it is kind of cool, <laughs> but it's a little bit regional. Oh, and si- siesta was the best. I don't know. Like, I absolutely love that. Come home, have a big meal, and just, like, rest. Like, there's no option. You can't go out. There's nothing open. Yeah. Everything's shut down. It's so unique. I love that. I think I was probably the most mentally healthy than I ever was. And I was in Spain because you only, like, did stuff, met, like, from 9 to 2. <laughs> and then napped and ate, and then you just hung out. Anyway, in class, we met on the first day, there was a large group of Californian students and a large group of Taiwanese students, and then some other randos sprinkled in there. But the loud mouth of the crowd, (sighs) Jacob immediately stood out. He was just like SoCal vibey, you know, his like Hawaiian shirt thing, like unbuttoned three buttons down and his like tight shorts and his long brown hair and he's just too cool for everyone and like knew everything already and didn't need to be in the class and was like annoying oh no thank you but he was everywhere all the time the Californians and the Taiwanese and us, we would always just go like play soccer in the park, go to farmer's markets, hang out in the plaza. It was an awesome group, except for Jacob, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Getting straight called out, Jacob. <laughs> I know. Honestly, his name wasn't even Jacob, but like when I met him, I just thought Jacob. <laughs> I, I don't like that name very much and I don't like you. So you're Jacob from now on. <laughs> I honestly don't know his real name. I couldn't even find him on Facebook if I tried. Have you met other Jacobs that you dislike? Like, were there other Jacobs in your past, which is why you disliked the name or just the name in general grades on you? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, the Californians and the Taiwanese were all like chilling one night and they're like, okay, let's go to this bar. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's pretty cool. Like really dark lights. It's kind of got this like gypsy vibe. Like it's, um, I don't know, people are just all demographics. Everyone's just hanging out, drinking wine. And um, all of a sudden you hear this guitar strum 
and um, this beautiful angelic voice. And the picking is so intricate and fast and like glorious. And I'm just like, oh, oh someone's playing guitar. Like this is Spanish guitar, authentic guitar. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I turn around and it's Jacob playing the guitar. <laughs> this and I'm like, oh, I don't care for this boy. <laughs> So it's part of the reason you don't like Jacob because he's really good at life too. So good at life. He's mm. so good at guitar. He was like a guitar <laughs> god. And I was just like, oh, now that everyone knows that he can play guitar, I can't play guitar. Mm. I can't. There's no way because I know like seven chords. <laughs> that is hard. You don't want to like compare to him. And also now that he already did it, it looks like maybe you're just trying to be like him. Yeah. He played the circuit. He was flirting with like 50 year old women he was playing the room he did awesome he did a bunch of shows he got invited because of that first show to like go play it blah 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 in the blah 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 cafe in the blah in the plaza and then and and he just got like booked or something like magically and i just was like oh i can't i can't even i'm not even gonna try he got paid to go to these shows too. i mean in tips just tips that's but, so pretty good yeah and he had like he had the look and he had the pipes and he had the skill. So I guess whatever. <laughs> I just sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was sad because every single day, the first thing I did when I woke up was take off the covers, slide my legs over to the side of the bed, and my feet landed on my closed guitar case every day. <laughs> it's just like, uh, so for my birthday, which is in the fall, my boyfriend at the time, who also is now my husband, knew that I was kind of feeling depressed. The honeymoon phase was over. I was kind of homesick. And I like also was sad about the guitar thing. So he made me this like birthday challenge mm -hmm. where he sent me a calendar and I got anywhere up from zero to five points each day that I completed the challenge. And at the end of the month, we would like tally up my points and I would get a prize based on like how I performed, I guess. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, actually, it was really great because it like distracted me from being homesick kind of too. Of course, the first week on the calendar, the challenge was play guitar in a public place. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't. I just can't. I'm not as good as Jacob. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm so sad. But I, I did it. I like forced myself to get up. I opened the case for the very first time. Whoa. It was November like 5th. I had been there for like months. <laughs> <laughs> first time I opened it. And I went outside and I didn't want to go too far. So I just went to the first kind of square and opened my case. Kind of started playing quietly. And then... I got scared and went home after I played one song. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I literally just closed it up. And that was the first time I touched the guitar the whole time and the only time. Oh, no. But you played one song, though. That's still really good. I played a song. Yeah. Yep. Did anyone stop to listen? Was there anyone around or no? No one stopped to listen. And yeah, there are people. They're just commuting. So I feel like the fact that I did it is a success in my book. So. Yeah. That's a great success, and it means that you brought that guitar all the way to Spain for that one song. Like, think of how important that song is. Yeah, so I don't know. It was, it was kind of a waste, like, of bringing that guitar, because the trip home, 
of course. I had bought so much junk while I was there. Mm-hmm. I had been gifted these ginormous pair of slippers from my one of my students that I was tutoring. They're Coca-Cola, so they're really puffy. They're like probably 14 inches by eight inches each. <laughs> Giant slippers. <laughs> I mean, I had so much stuff. I had to buy another bag. So I had two huge bags, you know, 50 pound bags. Uh, Christmas was coming. I needed souvenirs for everyone. I also had this guitar. My roommate and I are like, we booked the same flight again. We were like, it's going to be great. We'll just, it went so well the first time. We're going to be fine. We'll just book everything the same and we'll we'll do this together. We wake up at some ungodly hour in the morning. It was crazy early, really dark. And we're like, yeah, two miles from the bus stop because we have to take the bus to Madrid so we can fly out from there. And we're like, two miles isn't that bad. Like, let's just save the money because we don't have any now because it's December and we already spent it. <laughs> so let's just walk to the bus stop. And it'll take like 30 minutes because two miles, it's like 15 minutes a mile okay. walking. But we both have two giant suitcases and I have a stupid guitar that doesn't have a strap on it. And I have to hold it. <laughs> it's cobblestone streets. <laughs> like how do you even pull two suitcases physically and then also hold a guitar? I can't even imagine. I like had to like prop the guitar across the two suitcases. Okay. And like make sure my arms moved at the same cadence, basically. Oh, that's and then it, But it's cobblestone, so it's like pretty like wobbly. We made it like to the past the park and we were just like already 15 minutes in and we weren't even halfway. We're just like, we're not going to make it. We have to get a taxi. It's so early. There are no taxis. I mean, we we did find one. And of course, the guitar doesn't fit in the trunk because we have four huge bags. So I'm sitting with the guitar (laughs) crunched up in this little thing. It's a short drive. We get to the bus stop and we get unloaded and everything. And the bus driver's like, okay, it's like three euro or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you can, can you pay him? Because I I don't have cash because I was just going to use my card. She's like, I don't have cash. Why do you think I have cash? I'm like, you don't don't have any cash. Oh no. We we can't pay you. Like we don't have any money. Oh my goodness. We're like pushing it. I mean, it's the whole finding a taxi, getting the bags in there. It took a long time. Like 30 minutes is almost up. Like we're going to miss this bus. It's kind of, we got to go. We can't talk about money right now. We can't go to an ATM or anything. Yeah. He was mad and we just ran. She, I stacked my bags and like had my arm through both of the handles and then we just ran. And I don't know if he followed us. He obviously didn't. We didn't pay him. I don't remember paying him anything and he was pissed and yelling and I don't, I feel so bad now. And if I could go back in time, I would, I don't know what I would have done. You're talking about just the taxi driver. Yeah, the taxi driver. Oh no. (laughs) So we we did, even though we ran, we missed the bus. Oh no. (laughs) Great. That's awesome because that was kind of like the one that would have given us like the normal two hours before the airport that you would need to get through security and everything. We took the next bus. We got there. I think we didn't have a lot of time. I don't remember. I think we had like an hour and it, that's not a lot of time. That's a big airport and that's a lot of security line and like Yeah. International flight. Oh, uh, international. Like we were checking in our luggage and they were like, "Okay, so it's going to be $150." And I was like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, the guitar. Like you have only two bags are allowed." And I was like, "Oh, mm. I don't have $150." I mean, I did, but like, I couldn't afford it. Poor college student. Yeah. I mean, like $150. And I'm like, what do I do with the guitar? Do I have to leave the guitar? I guess I only played it once in the last four or five months, like, or whatever. Like, 
maybe I don't need it, but it was a gift and I wanted it. And so I just started throwing, I threw away the slippers, the Coca-Cola slippers. I threw away a lot of gifts. I threw away so much and I tried to shove stuff into the guitar, like in the case and like around. (laughs) Like I did put some clothes like inside of the guitar. (laughs) I ended up just having to throw so much away. And then in the end, I think mathematically it didn't work because it had to be under 50 pounds. So I had to pay the 150 anyway. Really? And so I like had to, yeah, oh my like goodness. I still had, <laughs> whatever. I was like, okay, we're going to be late. I just paid for the two. I did keep the one bag. I was not about to go dumpster diving for all the stuff I had already thrown. So I just kind of like evened out my suitcases and gave them to the lady and was like, okay, whatever. 150 in the hole. So sad. Ran to security. Oh, we had to book it. It was crazy. We were literally running to the gate we get to the gate and the gate there's people everywhere at the gate and I'm like that's not good they should have loaded already like they should have boarded 45 minutes ago why are why is it full like did it leave and we missed it and now this is the next flight Uh but it turns out it was delayed because of an ice storm so there was an ice storm and it was delayed and then eventually it was canceled (gasps) and we started freaking out and my roommate has anxiety and her anxiety medication was in her checked luggage yeah (laughs) freaking out having a panic attack everyone is racing to get into the line to get rebooked because we did have a connection that was not a one-way ticket it was go to germany first and then go to the u.s so we did not want to miss our connection we were so scared that we were going to miss it and we got in line. I was right in front of her. We were, you know, it's okay. Just breathe. It'll be fine. You're fine. We're fine. And we get up to the lady. It's my turn finally. And she's like, we have one seat left to Amsterdam and you get go to Amsterdam and then you'll make your connection. We'll set you up a new connection to straight to Minneapolis. And I'm like, okay, cool. We'll take that. And she's like, well, there's only one. And I was like, oh no, what do I do? And She's like, well, if I were you, I would do it, the, the attendant lady. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, later days, Rumi. See you later. Oh, my God. And I just ran. <laughs> I just ran to the other gate. I like. She's like, if you don't go now, you're going to miss it. And I just booked it. I was so, oh, I was terrified. I needed to get to America. I was, oh, I was so stressed out. And so got to the Amsterdam flight, got sat on the plane and I was sitting and there's a lovely woman next to me, didn't speak any English. I didn't even care, but she had in her lap an infant, which is fine. I was just, uh, I just don't want to listen to a crying baby right now, but. But it's it's not that long of a flight though, at least, right? It's not like you're overseas. It's like an hour. Yeah. Right. So it's no big deal. We take off, we get served drinks. She gets a tomato juice. The baby picks up the tomato juice and pours it in my lap. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like covered in tomatoes. <laughs> and I don't have a carry-on. <laughs> I don't have a change of clothes. Oh my goodness. I hope you weren't wearing white pants. <laughs> I was not wearing white pants. <laughs> I wish she felt so bad. Oh, but I just was like, this couldn't get any worse. And you're not even going to see your stuff again until you get back to the US, right? Because you check those bags all the way through. Yeah. And then, yeah, you check them all the way through. No cell phones. You know, it's not like you don't have a cell phone. So, like, my family's all freaking out. Like, what's what's going on? And Okay, your family's freaking out because your flight hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, my connection was a little bit later and they didn't really know what was going on. And 
I ended up getting some money off that lady <laughs> to like use a payphone because she felt so bad about the tomato juice. So I called my family and told them when to pick me up and all that stuff. And that was it. And we landed and I couldn't have been happier. And of course, my bags weren't there and my guitar was not there because that was on the original plane that was going to Germany. And they did not have time to transfer it to the plane that was leaving for Amsterdam. So I didn't have my guitar for another month. Another month. <laughs> Whoa, it took that long. It took a long time. And I think it was because they had put it on a different flight. Um, and then what had happened was it, it just sat in Minneapolis for a while because no one called. Mm. Uh, someone thought someone had called and, and they didn't. But. but that was not just your guitar, but your other check luggages too. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. my check luggage. I didn't really care as much about that. I just wanted my guitar. Because <laughs> you wanted to take up the guitar again now that you're back in the US? Yes. Yes. No more Jacob, so it was fine. Yeah, yeah. With Jacob gone, your future was clear. Yes. Don't bring a huge fat instrument with you, unless it's like a little recorder or something, a little pan flute. I mean, the idea of playing musical instruments in a foreign country is really romantic. It's like a great vision. I can envision it, and it's really beautiful and calming and chill. But I can also imagine that probably, even if you were really into the guitar like Jacob, you maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to play it as frequently as you originally thought. Yeah, very true. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't have time because you should be exploring the country that you're in. But that's just m one girl's opinion. So <laughs> do what you got to do. So uh, my roommate survived. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask about because I was like, um, <laughs> did you ever talk to her again? Was she super pissed at you? <laughs> She was so pissed, but she understood and she got um, a flight straight from Madrid to Philly. And then she got put up in a hotel in Philly overnight because there was a storm there or something. So hmm. she was okay. That's good that she also got back in one piece. Yeah, it was nuts. You guys must have been pretty close after sleeping in the same bed for a whole semester. Yeah, we moved in together after as well, just for a little bit. Oh, wow. And that was fun. You guys went through a lot together, though. That's a pretty crazy story. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I just have one backpack and I don't even check it. I just, that's all I need for, you know, three weeks or whatever. It's fine. It's true. I think especially probably after you didn't see any of those three pieces of luggage for a month is when you realize that you really don't need that stuff. Because for me, when I studied abroad, I also realized I only brought one luggage. It was a big one, but it was only half full when I got there. And it was mostly full by the time I left, just like you with a bunch of gifts and trinkets and stuff. But I really realized on that trip, it's like I literally have half of a luggage worth of clothes and stuff. And even that I didn't use all of right and so I think the more I travel the more I realize that like there's so much crap that I don't need so I try to keep that in mind when I'm packing <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah you really don't need a ton my husband loves Rick Steves we're Rick Nicks I guess you could say and is that the official name of like fans I mean, there are published articles referring to Rick Nix, but oh, okay. I don't think he himself uses it, if that makes sense. Gotcha, yeah. He does live by that rule. Like, you just need a backpack. You don't need, like, a wheel, wheeled luggage thing. I think that's a good rule to live by, so. You live by it best when you've learned it the hard way, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that <laughs> whirlwind of a story. I've maybe played just, like, twice since then, so. You still have it. That's incredible. Yep, I don't play very much, but that's okay. Someday I will. Maybe my kids will. Yeah, maybe they'll bring it to Spain too when they're old enough. Nope. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs>
Honestly, ukulele. Why wasn't the ukulele trending back then? Mm-hmm. Because that would have been a, lot a wise decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you could go back with a ukulele and show Jacob who's boss. Yeah, definitely. I wonder what he's up to these days. Like, who did he become? It sounds like he's a Spanish guitar player <laughs> roaming the countryside of Spain. Yeah. I should probably try to do some sleuthing and find out. Yeah. I guess you have to try to figure out his real name, though, which sounds like a non-starter. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's probably tagged in some group photo, maybe, somewhere. So I could try that. If you figure <laughs> that out, I would like a follow-up on Jacob. He sounds yeah, like a okay. talented <laughs> Californian, that's for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, Jess, what is your favorite thing about traveling? It might not sound like it based on that story, but I honestly, like, I just love the introspection of travel. Like, I really enjoy how it gives you perspective on kind of, like, who you are and your place in the world and, like, it challenges you in so many ways. I just really like how reflective it makes me. Every time I go somewhere, every time I'm traveling, there's growth. Always, always, always. And I really, I think it's so valuable. And I think that's what I appreciate the most about it. I can agree with that, that learning a lot about yourself is something that's hard to explain. And it doesn't seem like something you get out of traveling, but you do, even when you travel in small ways or travel in a short amount of time. So yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your awesome story with us. Thank you for having me. I love talking to you. So (laughs) I had a lot of fun. Is there anywhere that you want us to find you on the internet? Yeah. Instagram, I'm Jesse Andrus. Cool. Awesome. Hey, Globetrotters. Thanks for listening to Trinspo, the travel inspiration podcast. If you loved this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. To support the pod and rock some swag while heading out on your next adventure, check out our new merch page at transpo.com slash merch. You can always get more of us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and transpo.com. Thanks for coming along for the journey. 